Welcome to Real Estate Matters. For over nine years, the voice of real estate in Flagler County in Palm Coast, Florida. I'm Toby Tobin from GoToby.com. I'm a Florida licensed commercial realtor with Grand Living Commercial Realty. This show is sponsored every week by the Flagler County Home Builders Association, by Klein Construction, and by American Village, a gated 55 plus community in which uh, into which I just recently moved and vastly raised the age, the average age in the community. I got Walker Douglas with me today, but not in person. Hello, He's calling in from the state of Maine. Sure. What's the weather like in Maine? Finally beautiful. We had a couple months of just straight rain. I've been back and forth quite a bit. Um, but it's like the sun's finally out. So people are out and about. Um, and I know you've had some guests on and I've been feeling a little bit threatened because I know everybody for the last four years has been after my job because everybody wants to host real estate matters with the great Toby Tobin. So, um, you know, I'm calling in to make sure nobody's stepping on my space. Well, good. Glad to have you here. It's uh, kind of the end of the month of July. We're recording this Friday afternoon, so we're pretty close to Saturday's broadcast time. So these numbers are more current than you usually get because we usually broadcast or we usually record on Thursdays. Uh, it's a strong market in some senses and a weak market in other. If you look at number of homes sold, uh, we have fewer homes sold so far this uh this month than the month before, or, or the same month a year ago. But the median price is, uh, it's actually down a little bit from last year. It's three seventy nine fifty. It's down 12000 from a year ago, but it's up about, uh, I'll say about 12000 from last month. So demand hmm. seems to be holding strong. Number of homes available is Increasing up to 849 homes for sale and 375 under contract. So that means the the Gindex is over two, which is approaching kind of a healthy market range. Toby, if I may, is that so? T- the median price is changed twelve thousand dollars below where it was last month. Is that no, kinda, no, is that just noisy? No, 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 below where it was a year ago, last last July. But it's Do about, we have what the last month was? Yeah, it's up. We're up about twelve thousand from last month. So this okay, is, we're up to, is is that a normal amount? It's it's kind of noise, really. Okay. You know, plus or minus fifteen, even twenty, when it's just one month can just be noise. You really have to look at the overall. So far this year, we've been floating between three fifty five and uh, three seventy. So now we're three seventy eight. We're kind of busting out of that narrow range. Okay. The uh, the numbers of homes sold so far through today one hundred eighty two versus two hundred fifty eight for all of last July. So at one hundred eighty two, we'll we'll probably pick. We might pick up twenty or twenty five more because a lot of things get reported at the end of the month. But we're not going to hit two fifty eight. So the number of homes sold will be off a little bit year over year, which is a change from the last few months where we've actually well, shown gains. Yeah, 
pretty slow time of year for sales as it is. It's been a pretty hot summer in Florida. Actually, I can't verify that. Are those headlines true, by the way? Which which headlines? That are you have you yourself been experiencing the hottest summer on record? No. Yeah. No, I don't. I don't. They love the sensationalize. Every summer is the new hottest summer in the world, right? I think that uh, they they measure temperatures in so many places. You can always find a hundred or so that are beating a record one way or another. Yeah, airport tarmacs are usually a pretty reliable place to find a record breaker. Yeah, because there's so much. Well, I'll tell you a story. Back in about 1970, I flew to Mexico City for a business conference. And I flew into the airport and had to get a cab to to ride, get a ride into the city. The airport was outside the city, surrounded by farmland, actually. Then I flew back to Mexico City about uh, 25 years later for a family wedding, and uh, which was outside the city. I had to get a cab at the airport to get out of the city. The city had grown to surround the airport. So if you were taking temperature measurements at the airport, which is a common place to measure temperatures, uh, I would guess that the temperature would have gone up at least five degrees just because the number of rooftops and driveways and streets and parking lots surrounding the airport. I don't think a lot of people really, really think of that. Impervious surfaces. Hey, there's another one. Um, If you don't want the, the, the global temperature go up, you should advocate that local land development codes allow you to build roads that are pervious, e.g. dirt roads, gravel mm-hmm. surfaces. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. I've, I've been a proponent of that for years, but the Palm Coast Land Development Code does not allow that. Well, it's great for a lot. I mean, it, you don't you, you don't use you're not using petroleum. Um, it's a lot easier on the supply chain in that regard, and it freeze up mom and pop to get a little more margin if they're you know if it's a it might be a self-storage place it might be a parking lot you know what who, who's to say everything needs to have asphalt on it especially in florida i get it in in the northeast where you're gonna have frost heaves and that type of stuff and if it's infrastructure but if it's in florida you're maintaining your own property and it's commercial and i say let them do something that that it doesn't involve asphalt you just mentioned infrastructure uh i know what this city level they're talking about spending taxpayer dollars to uh, improve our infrastructure, which is in some cases failing, and yet there's an awful lot of pushback against any tax increase. In fact, they recently voted to go rollback, which is going to raise the same amount of money as they did last year. So actually, people's taxes will go down. But infrastructure being maintained by the taxpayers is kind of an older concept that that's changing, particularly in Florida, because Florida probably more than any other state has more homeowners associations, condominium associations, CDDs. Yeah. Uh, where, in, in fact, I had uh, I found some numbers recently. There are 48,940 homeowners associations in Florida. 
And roughly 9.65 million people in Florida live in an HOA community. That's almost half. That's roughly 45% of the population. But each HOA in Florida has an average of only 197 residents. So, you know, they're, they're not all these big developments that we're seeing come out of the ground around here with 200 to 400 homes each. So, so 197 residents might be 100 houses. Probably a little less. If you figure 2.4 to 2.6 people per residence, it would be under 100 homes. So that means uh, out of of that few number of homes, you have to find uh, probably five people that will run for the board. That might be tough to do. Yeah, in the smaller communities, it is is tough. I know... um, I lived for the last 12 years till I just recently moved in the Tidelands, a, a nice, very nice condominium community, and I was on the board there five years and president two of those five, but there are 252 condominiums there. So, And some of them are second home condominiums. They're not all permanent residents. But year after year after year at, at election time, they're hard-pressed sometimes to get enough people to run for vacant seats to actually, you know, and so quite often there really is no election because you may have three seats vacant and three people running to fill those seats. And as you say, finish the sentence, Toby, the only thing worse than being on the HOA board is not being on the HOA board. That's your, your, your words, and I'd have to agree. <laughs> well, it's true. Uh, somebody once asked me uh, whether they should get on the board or not. Uh, you know, what should they expect? I said, well, count, count your number of friends and write that number down because by the time you get off the board, half of them won't be your friends anymore. <laughs> <laughs> wow. And yeah. th- that's a slight exaggeration, but I, I I lost some friends. I'm sure you gained them back. Yeah, well, you won them over with some with but, some canned pickles. I, no, I won them over by not running for re-election. <laughs> but um, according to. Um, Let's see, the South Florida Agent Magazine, 3.9 million of the state's 8.6 million homes are in homeowners associations. Wow. With an average monthly association fee of $389. I looked but couldn't find, I didn't have enough time to find the average for condominium associations, but condominium association fees assessments tend to be greater and homeowners association fees because they typically are response condos are responsible for maintenance and insurance for a good portion of the building structure where homeowners associations that's not true yeah in HOA the insurance is insuring like common area grass you know mm-hmm. areas maybe an amenity center versus the condo association you know walls and roofs which is probably a lot more of a hurdle for insurer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the condo condo owner literally owns the inside of the box. 
just the, uh, it varies sometimes from condo association to association, but typically you'll own a, uh, uh, anything inside the finished drywall. So if you had any damage, you, know, you would own the paint, the wallpaper, any any uh, knockdown finish or special finish on the wall you'd own, but the association would be insuring and be responsible for the drywall. If you picked up the condo unit, turn it upside down, and shook it around, everything that fell out is what be would would what be you is what you would have owned, and the remnants would have been the condo, right? Mm, yeah, pretty much. Pretty much. You, uh, but people who, particularly the, that move here from other states where condos and homeowners associations are much less common, are really surprised to find out uh, what a difference it makes. For instance, um, well, you've, as a developer representative, you've been on boards yourself, so you you know this is true. The biggest uh, hassle in a homeowners association typically comes out of the architectural review board uh, or, sure. or controlling yeah. the, the the whatever group in the organization is responsible for maintaining the rules of the association like color of your house uh, appearance of your house how long you can let your lawn go uh, before people complain about, it. and you can be fined for things if you don't if you don't remedy if you don't remedy them. The same. Yeah. Is how many tur- how many turkeys you're allowed to shoot in your backyard with a bow? We've, I've even seen that. <laughs> <laughs> well, we you know in in the uh, Thailand's Association when I was on the board, uh, somebody moved in and uh, they spent several thousand dollars installing custom plantation shutters that matched the kitchen cabinets, which were a fairly dark cherry color. Well, they didn't read the condominium documents, and the condominium documents clearly stated that any window treatments visible from outside the unit have to be white. So if you had drapes, you had to have a line drape, so the back of the drape was white. And if you had plantation shutters or Venetian blinds, they had to be white. And, well, hey, uh, you know, I, I understand when people, you know, when you, when the the stigma around an HOA is, well, you can't do anything. Well, you know, there's rules outside of HOAs and in, in code. You know, there's code enforcement, mm-hmm. and City of Palm Coast won't let you, believe it or not, paint your house a certain color either. So it really is not a whole lot different. Well, um, there, there, there's a somewhat of a, a Palm Coast is kind of like like a mongrel dog. Uh, it, it started out as as a, a planned community, master planned community. In fact, uh, when it was underway, it was the largest master planned community under development in the country. And it had so it had each little community had their own association. When the city was incorporated in 1999, they assumed a lot of the role of the homeowners associations but there are still some small associations little communities that uh, exist within the original ITT planted lots that are responsible uh, for maybe their street signage little they're they're not expensive to be in but so 
Palm Coast, you can't say Palm Coast isn't like the places these most of these people move from, where yeah. you really can paint your your house pretty much any color, and you can you can have a a tile roof or a metal roof or an asphalt roof. You're not; it's not determined by an architectural review board. Okay, we got to take a break. Uh, we'll be right back. Don't go away, folks. Flagler County went straight to the front row when it came to the need and commitment. Free for all Friday, where local newsmakers talk it out. I mean, we don't swing from chandeliers or anything like that. That half-cent sales tax that we have collected over time has been used in great regards towards our school district. Hi, I'm David Ayers. Join me and Brian McMillan every Friday morning following the news at 9 on WNCF and worldwide on the Flagler Radio mobile app. everybody. Thanks for staying with us. I'm Toby Tobin. On the phone with me from calling in from Maine is Walker Douglas. Uh, this is Real Estate Matters, sponsored by the Flagler County Home Builders Association, Klein Construction, and American Village. Uh, we got off on kind of a tangent, an interesting tangent. Homeowners associations, condo associations, and uh, I wanted, since we're going down that road, I'd like to pick up on CDDs. That's a Community Development Association. And uh, Community Development, it's not association, I'm sorry, district, CDD. Community Development District uh, is, it's a special purpose government framework uh, permitted by Florida statutes and used by local governments and developers to shift the burden of developing infrastructure, maintaining roads and landscaping, building clubhouses, and other improvements to the owners in that district. So the, the main reason CDDs are formed, and they're sort of like a pseudo-municipality. Uh, actually, Walker, you and I both sit on a CDD board. We are elected, elected commissioners of that board. And that board has more power uh, and typically a larger budget than a condo association or homeowners association. And the main reason that CDDs, and we have several CDDs already in Palm Coast. Grand Haven is a CDD. Uh, the the entire hammock, the, the newly developed hammock area, the uh, hammock dunes, hammock beach, ocean hammocks, cinnamon beach, island estates, yacht harbor, Marina, those are all part of the Hammock Dunes Community Development District, which owns all of the common areas and maintains all the common areas in those communities, as well as owning and maintaining the toll bridge over the intercoastal waterway. That's not publicly, that's not a public bridge. It's owned by the uh, Dunes Community Development District. Uh, the reason, well, I'll let, I'll let a developer tell you why developers sure. use CDDs. Go ahead. The Community Development District is a financing tool, 
So prior to the advent, well, I'm sure there are exceptions to this, but generally over the years, Palm Coast is, is maybe the biggest exception. As you mentioned, Toby, at, at the time of its uh, you know planning, it was the biggest master plan community in the country. Most areas that you see that have developed were the infrastructure was funded publicly. Municipality put in the road, water, sewer, um, everything that you see was funded via taxpayers, and then developers would build um, as that road went or add to it with, you know, homes, streets, potentially off-shooting. Um, and then taxpayers would continue to... What often happened for years was the the developer built their internal roads to municipal standards and then conveyed them over to the municipality. That went on for years. And then the municipalities figured out, well, wait a minute, you, you build it, you take, you take care of it. You build it, you take care of it. And there is another side to that. So that seems like, you know, it seems fair. Um, We're bringing on infrastructure. might seem fair. We're bringing on infrastructure. Uh, Why foot the taxpayer with that bill? Okay, fair enough. Um, and then there's another there's another important component of this to look at that when you bring in let's take say for example 500 lots you're doing a 500 lot subdivision CDD funding it meaning you're floating a bond for um, uh, however much you can specify what component of the development you want that bond to fund it might be just the roads it might be just the amenity. But so what you're doing is you're bringing in 500 lots, 500 homes, 500 taxpayers. You're paying for and carrying the cost of that infrastructure while you're introducing 500 new customers and taxpayers to that municipality who are all of a sudden um, providing a lot of revenue to the utility. The utility, you uh, provided them with all the pipe, the lift stations, all the materials that they need um, to run, to, to flow the waste to and the water from uh, the subdivision or their, or their you know, uh, treatment facilities. So what you've done is you've brought in new development that not only doesn't become a burden upon the taxpayer, it is a boon to the utility and a boon to the whatever municipality those people are paying their taxes in. Yeah, well, that's that, that's a good general argument whether you have a CDD or not, though, right. because the, the the developer is actually financing the infrastructure. Or with a CDD, the the difference that the the big difference from a CDD is that they can float. They are a municipality, so they they are eligible to float tax free municipal bonds, so they can actually borrow the money a lot cheaper that way and and, it, and it's uh, uh, rolled into a CDD obligation that might be 30 years long. So and the fun it, fact it, too is if, is if you know of a CDD in the area um, and, and say the whatever is funded by that CDD, say the developer says, well, we want the CDD to fund the roads because that's really expensive and the amenity center because that's very expensive. Whatever that CDD money touches, the public has access to. So you might have a gated community, um, but if the CDD funded the roads and amenities, guess what? You can go up to the gate and say, hey, I'm here to use the amenity. Yeah. Well, that's, that's Even if true. you're not a resident. And that's, uh, that's a fact that usually isn't conveyed to a potential buyer by a realtor. 
<laughs> one of one of many, it turns out. Yeah. Uh, so the CDD is an, it, but it's a. A point I want to make is that it's another layer of government. So you you have a new development because the municipalities, probably rightly so, don't want you to convey the infrastructure over to the general municipality to maintain. That this new development, and this is going forward practically all new development in the entire state of Florida will have either a condo association or a homeowners association and more likely now, because it's becoming more popular, a community development district. So you'll have two layers of government in addition to your municipalities, like Palm Coast is already an established layer of government, as is the county. Just what we need, more government. <laughs> rah, rah, rah. <laughs> okay, got any other CDD comments? Um, that's what you're going to see. For, I think I, I, I'm honestly, I'm shocked when developers don't do CDDs now. Um, and I think a lot of, if there is hesitance, if a developer does hesitate, if they're doing, you know, a couple hundred lots and they're not CDDing it, meaning they're not, um, like muni bond funding the infrastructure up front, be, it's because you get stuck holding the bag on this stuff. If the market turns over. Mm-hmm. And you yeah. get stuck paying these CDD bonds. You might not have even got out of the ground with your first phase of, of you know, 80 lots or so, and you're paying this bond for the entire project. Well, but CDDs can go belly up. They can go bankrupt. They can become uh, illiquid and, and right. fail. But we've had, uh, uh, now I don't know, was Grand Landings a CDD? No. Or not. That was just a, an not. association. But that was a situation where the original developer lost it through bankruptcy. And yep. and uh, the group that, that you're affiliated with came in and picked it up, dime on the dollar. I mean, that's that's how uh, the, the booms and the busts happen in, in real estate. And one of the many, and there's a, and Toby, maybe you can verify this for me, but I looked it up years ago. And I found all the CDDs in the state of Florida that failed. Mm-hmm. It's actually a lot easier to find. And well, and when I say failed, I mean stop paying on the bonds uh, and defaulted. It turns out it's about a hundred times easier to find the ones that didn't fail because there were so few of them. And two of the only there, uh, Toby, there might have been like two dozen, if that, CDDs that didn't default on their bonds in two thousand eight and nine. Um, of those elite who at the time owned all of town center and palm coast park which were both cdds still are uh did not default on those which if they had would have been probably a nightmare for the city of palm coast Mm -hmm. well we're just about up at the end of the segment uh you're coming back into town next week so you'll be in studio can't wait all right that's exactly Uh, right so if uh, anybody wants to uh, propose a topic they'd like to hear on this, uh, on this show, you can reach me at toby at gotoby.com. That's my email address, toby at gotoby.com. Or you can call me at 386-931-7124. I hope they'll be here next week. I'm Toby Tobin, and I approve this show. <laughs> <laughs>